Hello and welcome back to And The Winner Is, uh, where we look back over some of, well, some of, all of uh, Oscar's Best Picture winners. Uh, this episode, we're looking at the 1944 winner, and more on that in a second, Casablanca, directed by Michael Curtis, uh, also stars Humphrey Bogart, Ingrid Bergman, and support from Claude Rains. Joining me as always is Paul. You all right, mate? Yep, yeah, all good. Looking forward to talking about this one. Yeah, so for me, this is a probably the second time I sat down and watched it in full. Um, I'll mention later on that I did have some struggles with it the first time around. Um, was it first timer for you? Yeah, I'd seen bits and pieces of it. Yeah. Um, I'd, it was part of um, the great movie ride at Disney. Yeah. Um, so I was aware of kind of how it ended um, and stuff like that, because that final scene was one of the major set pieces. So I was aware of it. Um, and yeah, I think most people are aware of this film because it, it's, it is one of the classics, isn't it? Yeah. So... Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, but first time watching it in full. Yeah. Um, so I suppose we just dive into a few bits and pieces about the film. Um, interesting, as I mentioned at the start of the, the year thing, because um, it was actually released briefly in November 1942. Um, yeah. And it was up for one, one different award in, in 43. Um, but the Academy said because it was released in January 43, it was going to qualify for those that year's award. <laughs> and, Hence, becoming the 44 winner. Yeah. I think 43 was um, Mrs. Miniver, which we'll come to at some point in this recording. Um, box office, the, the budget is a strange one because it's sort of, there's, it's like ballpark figures. Uh, it's listed as being between sort of 878,000 and a million pounds, a million dollars. Um, what sort of takings do you think it did? Uh, <laughs> I think it's probably made quite a lot in re releases over the years as well. Um, so I'm going to go, I reckon it made about 35 million. Well, no, according to all the data I find, it was like between four and seven million. Really? Because it's probably been, a, it's probably been adjusted for inflation by now. Yeah. And what they do, a lot of things like Gone with the Wind, so, which doesn't give you a proper more ballpark true figure. Yeah. Um, it was based on an unproduced play called Everybody Comes to Rick's. Uh, you can see why they went with Casablanca. It's much more. Yeah. <laughs> that's not. You don't really see that on a poster, do you? No, that, that's that sounds more like an eighties comedy, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it's like a space a space sitcom. Yeah, something like Alf or something like that. <laughs> uh, interesting though is that many of the actors who were playing the Nazis were actually, in fact, German Jews who'd fled from Germany. Interesting. Uh, yeah, that's that's quite a big ask to get them to play those parts, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah, especially considering we do get quite a lot of Nazis in this film. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And their accents are all over the place as well. That's <laughs> that's what's interesting. And the fact that they actually were played by Germans. Yeah, yeah. Uh, apparently Rick's Cafe was one of the few original sets built for the film. Um, and the rest were all recycled from other Warner Brothers productions due to the restrictions in the war on yeah. building supplies. To make makeshift operation. Although I have to say, we'll come to it during the, the discussion. Is I thought the art direction was really good, actually. And yeah, you'd never know in some of the scenes. Yeah, uh, definitely. And there's a moment in the film where um, Bogart has to nod, and of course they play Marseille. But apparently, that Bogie was called to the studio to stand in the middle of the cafe and, and nod. 
uh, <laughs> without knowing any idea what he was referring to. <laughs> so because uh, it, would have been, it would have been shot as a separate, wouldn't it? A separate. Take yeah. Off. Yeah, and it was actually it was him giving his approval for him to play the Marseille at that point. <laughs> That's a great little nugget, that, I think. Yeah. When the film won Academy for Best Picture, Academy Award for Best Picture, Jack Warner was the first on stage to accept it, beating the, the actual producer, Hal Wallace. <laughs> uh, that's Jack Warner in a nutshell. Yeah, it? yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, apparently, Wallace never forgave him, never forgave Warner, <laughs> and, and he left, left shortly after. Jack Warner could be a bit of a tool, really, couldn't he? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, talking of Warner Brothers on the sets, I was amazed to find that most of this was filmed in Burbank. Yeah. Which yeah. is just amazing, and it's an amazing place. And uh, somewhere I will be going later on this year. Excellent. Uh, I will be stepping foot on that, that back lot once more for the fourth time I'll be doing that tour. And there are just a couple of others that, that stood out for me that I'm looking um, apparently, Madonna tried to get a remake off the ground in, in the OOs, I think, and was told she's got no chance because the film's pretty much viewed as untouchable. Yeah, yeah, pretty uh, much. That would just wouldn't have worked, would it? <laughs> no, no, not at all. Yeah, no, Madonna. And, uh, in 2006, the script was apparently named the best screenplay of all time by the Writers Guild of America, uh, which is quite, quite a big phrase. Yeah. Uh, Yes, yeah, so to yeah, that Madonna statue, apparently the film was deemed untouchable, so and she scrapped it. <laughs> um, and of course, the final one is is to do with that line, Rick never actually says, play it again, Sam, which you often hear people misquote. Yeah. He says, you played it for her, you can play it for me. She can, yeah. can play it. And then, of course, the incorrect line has been used as the basis for spooks. Um, yeah. Such as Night in Casablanca, which I've, I've never heard of. And played against Sam, which I think was a Woody Allen film. I might have to track, track those down at some point. Uh, and lastly, just to say who it was up against, this was another year where there were actually 10 nominations. Um, and it was up against For Whom the Bell Tolls, The Story of Bernadette, Heaven Can Wait, which I think was a Donna, Donna Macy film, a film called What's on the Rhine, The Human Comedy, In Which We Serve, which I think is a British film, a war film, Madame Curie. Uh, the more the merrier, and the Oxbow incident. There's a few of those I've never heard of, never mind seen. Yeah, <laughs> probably find a lot of them aren't even available. And I think it was the last one with ten for many, many years. Yeah. Um, so the when there was me thinking a few years ago when they started announcing that they're going to be up to ten films. That's an interesting innovation. <laughs> it's not new. <laughs> yeah, it's old. <laughs> yeah. um, and finally, it also won the. Director for Curtis, and he also won the screenplay awards you just mentioned. Uh, so I suppose we should just dive in and get some of our initial thoughts on the film. Yep. Um, we get that sort of opening uh, the, the Warner Brothers logo. Yeah. Uh, I noted this is a because we get this with the old film. It's another four by three presentation. So if it's watching this on an old black and white portable, they've been perfect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, I just. I do quite like that that very old school narration at the start, uh, and the, yeah. and I love the um, the model globe that they use as well. Yeah, yeah. With all the countries that got lumps and bumps on them, and I thought, oh, that that's nice. I want one of those. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And and I want to say, right from the word off, I'm absolutely shocked at how clever this is. 
in terms of filming um, for mm. a film that was from the early 40s um, that was pretty much made during the war. Yeah, yeah. Is, is just, it's ridiculous how it makes some of the older films look bad. Yeah, well, I, I mentioned... Some of the newer films, even. I mentioned in the intro that the, the art direction for me was one of the, the main... Yeah. Looks fantastic. The sets look amazing. Um, yeah. The detail is incredible in there. Um, <laughs> so so we get our, we got our first sort of visit to Rick's. <laughs> Everybody comes to Rick's, of course. Um, we also get our first sort of appearance early on of Claude Rains. Um, yeah. Another those, those great legacy Hollywood actors. Of course, he was a also at Universal Invisible Man, wasn't he? I believe. Yes, he was. He was. He was throughout uh, mm. Universal Horror. He ended up appearing in some of the later Dracula films as well. I believe. Mm. Um, yeah, was it was very much known for for his horror yeah. um, side of things. And we also see early on another great character actor in Peter Laurie. Who, yeah, this is well, he's in this for long. <laughs> <laughs> but he has a couple. Of- no. Oh, no. Off screen. Um, yeah. I did like that sort of first introduction to Sam. Yeah. Uh, where, uh, to Rick, sorry, not Sam. Uh, where we should say that um, we just see this sort of hand. And now I think he's, he's writing a check or signing a docket or something like that. And then he just pulls yeah. up to see Bogart. I think it's a really great little reveal. Yeah. The first introduction to the character. Uh, as I mentioned, I, I, we also see Sam at this point. So we get all the sort of the, the main players of the film appear quite early and quite yeah. rapidly, um, which I know this is something we've discussed with a lot of these films that we're, we're looking at. We don't always get to see everybody early on. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes, a lot of times, you find that you don't get certain characters until 30 minutes left mm. in a film. Um, yeah. But this, yeah, this is like bang, bang, bang with everybody. Yeah, I mean, it's only the sort of Victor and, and his wife, that we, the Ilsa, that, that we we have to wait a little bit for, isn't it? So, yeah, and even they they don't take that long to make their no. appearance. No, no, and and there, I think I think Victor's mentioned, isn't he, before we see him, if I remember. Yeah, um, by Claude Rains' character. Uh, we also see in these early bits the the Rick's a bit of a bit of a tool when it comes to women, really. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and he's, I actually think at the start of the film he's not particularly likable. No, which again, he isn't. Is another characteristic we get in a lot of these films. <laughs> yeah, but then then it clearly shows that it's it's kind of a bit of a wall that he's built up. Yes. Yes. And, and as we get through the film, that wall slowly crumbles, and we actually mm. see what he's really like. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, he sort of he he's out, he sort of comes across that he's just out for himself and looking out for himself. Yeah, and when we have all that mystery in the background, which is never actually resolved about why he left America and can't go back. <laughs> no, no, I, that's one of actually my final notes that even when you get to the end, you never quite know what was going to happen because um, you don't really know what the background to it oh, all I is. Included, I was going to include it in the opening information actually. Um, Julius Epstein said later on that, that his brother Philip and him tried very hard to come up with a reason why Rick couldn't return to America, but nothing seemed right. So we finally decided not to give one. <laughs> I just I love that honesty. Brilliant. If you can't think of something, then that's yeah, fine. Just, yeah. <laughs> just paper over it, it's fine. Yeah. 
But but again, of course, let me forget about this because the, um, the film was made in '42, but it, it's set in December '41, so yeah. it's just pre Pearl Harbor. So yeah. he'd have had all sorts of problems anyway, I suspect, at, at this point, because probably within a couple of weeks of this taking place is Pearl Harbor, I think, mm. or a couple of days even, I think, because it must be right at the start of December. Yeah, because Pearl Harbor was seventh of December, I think. Um, so he might have had trouble, anyway. but of course he would have had to got out of out of Casablanca at that point with the war in all yeah. the um, Yeah, so it, we we find out that he says that he says to somebody that he won't stick his neck out for anybody. Um, so we're yeah. seeing already what what his worldview is at the moment. Yeah, and we and we get that with the the fight in the in the bar mm. that he won't get involved in it. Yeah, um, yeah. and on on top of that, the the story doesn't really take off to start with. Um, no. but that location, the, the bar, it, it's just there's like a buzz around that. Yeah. Even it's though it's not really going talking. anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's I think it's partly caused by by the music. Obviously, Sam's music is a mm. big part of this film. Yeah. Um, but also the mix of people as well. There's a lot of different um nationalities in the bar. Yeah. And I think it, it does cause a, a bit of energy about the place. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, that fight you mentioned that the, the two blokes have a go at each other at the bar, yeah. don't they? You just because feel the tension in there. It's, yeah. Um, and of course, the, the, now this the, we get our first sort of major plot point kicking in now, where the Laszlo's finally appear, uh, and then and what everything that leads to, and of course we get the first of quite a few sort of a classic scene stroke lines out of this film, where um, and I'd written it down as play play it again, Sam, just deliberately. <laughs> she says play, play it salmon initially um but i love how at the end how this scene plays out when, when rick hears it and, and sees what's going on how <laughs> sam just quietly sort of shuffles out of there awkward <laughs> leaves him to it it's brilliant um, yeah sam's actually one of my favorite characters in the film yeah he's he's great in this yeah absolutely um and we saw, we've seen it all previously, of course, that Rick won't ever have a drink with his customers until yeah. now, um, which kind of rubs Claude Rains' character up the wrong way. <laughs> but, um, he's very much his own man, isn't he, Rick? Yeah. Um, and and they, we kind of rapidly go through some of, some of those great moments from the film. Um, because we get the, the, all, the, you know, all the gin joints line comes up not long after as well, which is awesome. yeah. Thing that you think of um, and uh, we also then get a nice Oscar trope because we get a flashback yeah yeah <laughs> and I said that I didn't realize that that one of the famous lines was first used in a flashback mm. it surprised me when when yeah. he said it that in in that scene because I always knew it from being at the end mm. but he uses that line early on mm. And at this point, I, I I wanted to just throw throw in there that he's got the film's got a really interesting flow to it. It's yeah. not particularly fast paced, um, no. but it is telling a story, and it's a yeah. wonderful, a really good speed, and it yeah. fills in gaps as you go. And there's a tension there in the background as well because yeah, you don't know what's going to happen with with the Nazis and, and with with the, the Vichy French. There are they going to sort of. Were they going to arrest or not arrest? Yeah, and that's that's what I've I've got written at the same time. The undertones of the world are brewing under the surface. 
Yes, yes. Does the film. They're not at the forefront. No. But you know that they're there. Yeah, well, because, of course, the war is on in Europe at this point. Say the back end yep. of 41, just before the Yanks are coming in. Um, and, and I think and Africa would then, I think, be the next year when the, when the film came out, ironically, in yeah. 42. So, yeah, so it's just there in the background that, that, that they're coming. Um, and, and you see that in the desperation, everybody's trying to get their visas and stuff to get out of the place. Um, yeah, so in the, amongst all those flashbacks, we find out what, what went down with those two and um, that he got dumped by letter. <laughs> a dear, dear Rick letter, I suppose you could say. Um, and of course, we, we we find out a bit later on that she because the that she thought Victor was dead, so she was just basically getting close to another man, and, and then didn't show up because. Um, <laughs> I did right at this point when we we jump back to the, to the present. The, the Casablanca feels like a place Indy would be very happy in. <laughs> well, that was one of my earlier notes that I didn't didn't bring up at the time, and I said, "How much does Indy steal from this?" Yes, <laughs> it's it's unreal how much yeah. Indy is basically Humphrey yeah. Bogart. It's... Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You can just um, I think that this the scene um, where he sat down with with Belloch. Yeah. Bell- um, and he's talking about if I lay, put this in the sand, and that takes place in, in a sort of sort of old cafe bar place like that, doesn't it? Sort of. Yeah, and yeah, um, I did have a note that, that the Nazi storyline is a bit of a byline, really. Yeah, um, it, and it makes it a better film because it's not at the forefront. It's kind mm-hmm. of bubbling up around the main through line of, of Rick and Elsa, but it yeah. never it never overtakes the, the personal side of it. Mm. Um, which I think is is just really nice. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just I'm just gonna move answer my notes and I, I'm looking over, over it now. I have no idea what I'm referring to now. I've written down twenty two. I'm like for the hell of me can't remember what I was referring to now. <laughs> <laughs> so that was, that's that's a lesson to expand on my own notes a little bit. <laughs> um. Uh, well, we mentioned at the start, but I do love we we get on to, towards that the scene where the 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 um the two counters singing is such a great scene where we start off with the with the Nazis with the Germans sort of singing and then so Victor comes storming in and gets them singing La Marseillaise yeah, yeah, it's just fantastic yeah. sequence uh, and it did give you a little chill to just to see these sort of effectively shouting them down with song and it's just brilliant and, and, and the Nazis just give up. <laughs> Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I I I just wrote down that it was absolutely glorious. Yeah. yeah. It's one of the best for me. One of the best scenes in a film. It mm. just it works so well. Yeah. Yeah. And and it's kind of at this point where we're seeing Rick's attitude change, where he allows them yeah. to start thinking it. So he's starting to pick a side now at last. Yeah. Um. And and they then start to lay that on quite a bit as, as we move into the sort of final act, don't we? Um, yeah. He, he sort of, um, we sort out the winnings for the chap that's trying to get out with his with his wife. Um, that's a, another nice moment where he actually sort of uh, he gives him sort of uh, that maybe where the twenty that that's where it comes from. Now I've remembered what the twenty two refers to. It was the roulette table. Yeah. Is where he, they sort of keep coming up with the wins, don't they? On the, yeah. On the, get their money out 
yeah. he sort of loaded the table and just remembered now what it was. Um, in a similar vein, there's another great little great comedy moment for Claude Rains where he, he's trying to shut the place down because of illegal gambling stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and then, then it's just like, what? you're still going to pay me, aren't you? And the, the chap comes up and says, you're winning, sir. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's just brilliant. A little comedy scene for him. Right yeah. in the middle of the list. And he just sort of quits the money away. And Rains just sells it so well. It's yeah. really um, Then we see a bit of desperation from Ilsa. Because I, I say, I've only seen it once before. And it's a long time ago. But I didn't remember the bit where she actually pulls a gun on Rick. Blimey. Yeah. Yeah. And it, I've got a few notes about her that it's just... She's just completely against the grain of what you thought she was. Yeah. Because you have the, the whole thing that she then tells him that she was actually married all along yeah. for the whole time they were in a relationship. Um, and yeah, she's just, she generally is just a bit of a bitch and he has every right to not want anything to do with her. Mm. Yeah, because he, she sort of kept it quiet, didn't she? Yeah. She had gone missing at that point and was assumed dead. Yeah. Uh, but you think she might mention that she was that she had a husband who did Yeah. So yeah, it's a very, very strange one that. Um, but yeah, like so when this fact that she put the gun on him, it is a bit of a shock. Um so this but it's all part of that tension ramping up from this point now. Yeah. Um and we get get the uh, the closure, like I mentioned, and Rick can't get in there to do anything. We have the, the the false arrest ideas for for Victor, um, uh, with the Nazis pulling the strings in the background, um, and then we sort of set up, the Rick sets up the fake deal, doesn't he? Um, yeah. Which was never going to go through. And then then again we get more gun pulling. <laughs> we get Rick pulls a gun. On. Yeah. Sword range. I think. Go ahead. <laughs> he was prepared to shoot the best their best of beloved in this, aren't they? <laughs> yeah. Um, and then we go, so we're pushing towards again and some more iconic moments in the film in, in the sort of the climax where we get the sort of you're getting on the plane sequence which I think most people know yeah and so, you know if you're maybe not today maybe not tomorrow but soon for the rest of your life I think everybody sort of knows that in some shape or form yeah uh, and it's something that's been referenced quite a lot in other stuff um, uh, actually I'm going back to sneeze I think Oh, no, uh, <laughs> uh, and, um, I think one of the Simpsons episodes they find um, an episode where um, there's an alternative ending to Casablanca <laughs> Simpsons. Yeah. <laughs> it's basically Elsa parachutes back down <laughs> yeah Shoot the yeah. Uh, and then Sam comes up with the piano it's just brilliantly done it's a film that's had a lot of influence culturally I think over yeah the um and now, because we know we get another throwaway line that everybody probably remembers is where we'll always have Paris, which interestingly yep. was, I think, was the name of a Star Trek episode, the Next Generation episode. Probably, yeah. Uh, if memory serves, it's, it was about uh, Picard rekindling a romance with somebody that he met in Paris. So the, the cultural impact of the film just rattles through the years. Um, and we also then get Another line which sort of has been was used as a title after they, they shoot the, the main villain. Uh, we get the sort of the Vichy French 
commanders will say they round up the usual suspects. Of course, that's where the film got its name from. Yeah. Um, the 90s. <clears throat> and it, everything just really ties up quite well. We see we also Victor fly off. Uh, and, and we see that, that both these guys have gone through a great arc because they're they're friends still at the end of it. Who we thought might have been one of the bad guys has actually had a change of heart and, and he's clearly going to get out of there with Rick himself. I love the bit where he talks about his 10 grand he's going to use his expenses uh, for the both of them. Uh, and it, it just sets up, you know, there's a story behind that where they're both going to go off to that... Um, the command center, wherever the, the sort of the free French center. Um, although you know, within a couple of days, the USA are going to enter the war anyway. Yeah. Uh, and, and it's a nice ending because it, it, it's an ending that leaves you kind of wanting, happy with the way it ends, but you also want to know more about both those pairings stories later on. Yeah. In the war. Did they survive the war? Did, did they have any great escapades? You know. And I, I like that in a, in a film. That it allows you to write your own stories after in some way. Um, and it's just what really surprised me. I, I tried to watch it once years ago and really didn't engage with it. I still think that the Elsa-Rick relationship isn't particularly strong. I think the, the secondary bromance is, is the more interesting story. Um, but that said, it, it, it was a much better view in this time around. I appreciated a lot more of it. Um, and for that, I mean, I'm going to give it a, a probably 85 percent. It was a much more enjoyable experience than I had the first time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For for me, I just go through a couple of my my little notes. Not massive. Um, the song is a one of my favourite standards. Mm. Um, it always will be, um, yeah. and it just works so well in this film. Um, I yeah. really like it. Um, the the driving scenes, I think, look better than some of the newer films we've watched. Mm. Um, with the obviously the background stuff, we've we've seen films we've watched on this where it's been so obvious that it wasn't real that they weren't even in line with what was behind them. Yeah, at times, uh, and it just looks great in this. Um, I did want to touch on. The, how horrible that feeling of the, the incoming occupation must have been. Mm. Um, obviously, it had already happened in Europe at this point, yeah. um, but it was starting to spread. Um, and strangely, my, my grandfather was actually in Africa during the oh, war. Wow. Uh, he was in Egypt. Um, so it's it kind of touched on that as well. Um, a little strange. Um, but again, touching on Sam, I think he's a great companion. Um, through and he's with him through thick and thin. Clearly, that he's followed yeah. him wherever he's gone. Um, I really like that story. Um, and yeah, there's lots of great twists and turns. You don't really know where it's going. Uh, even the finale, you don't really know where it's going. Whether he's yeah. going to go with them or not. Yeah. Um, right until the last minute, you just just don't know and and yeah his character rick's character does soften throughout the the film and mm. and helps lots of people towards the end of it and it's it's lovely and yeah i agree that 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 central love relationship isn't that strong and i don't think it's meant to be because clearly yeah. they have had a falling out and yeah 
they shouldn't be that close and it should be yeah. the people around them that that kind of move them on, not that relationship itself. So, um, yeah. yeah, for that, I, I agree that it isn't the strongest, um, but it doesn't need to be. So yeah. my, my final notes, uh, a classic for, for the period, such a well-made film with lots of twists and turns uh, with the undercurrent of World War II, good performances all round. I actually gave it an 83 and having now sat here and gone through our notes and everything, I've got to raise it to a, about an 87 because yeah. I actually think I enjoyed it more than <laughs> I'd, I'd given it credit for. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, so we're both in the same ballpark. So that's, that's good. Yeah. It's obviously on, on similar lines, that one. Right, well, I suppose that, that, that kind of wraps up this, this discussion this, of Casablanca and we should look again at what we're doing for the next two. Right. Over to you for that. Let's get it going. So the first one is 1979. So let's just look that up. I've already got it sitting there waiting. Uh, 1979. So that is The Deer Hunter. Oh, uh, yeah, I've got that recording. I, I have seen that in the past. Oh, a couple of years uh, ago. And our second one is 2020. Uh, ah. Don't need to look that one up because I know what that is. It's Parasite. Excellent. <laughs> Again, I've had that sat, sat on my Sky Plus for a few weeks now since it was on Channel 4 recently. <laughs> there we go. Nice <laughs> and easy one. Yeah. Cool. Looking forward to those. Uh, well, if, if one can look forward to the deer hunter, because it's heavy going. Yeah. yeah, well, I think that will probably have to be watched in uh, separate <laughs> settings, so I don't think I'll be watching it all in one go. <laughs> cool. Right, well, I sort cheers, Paul, for joining me tonight. No and, uh, worries. Thank you all join us again for next month's two two episodes. Good night. Cheerio.